All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome back, listeners, to the FS360 podcast. We're up to episode nine here, and you're welcomed by Gavin Nash and Chris Mulcahy, as usual. Good afternoon, Chris. Hey, Gav. How are you going? Going well. Yep. There's plenty, plenty happening still in yes. the world of finance in these sort of pre-June 30 times, but also coronavirus times. That's right. So, yep, very busy, a lot happening. Um, yeah, around tax planning, obviously, as we head into the end of the financial year and, yeah, the coronavirus and you know, businesses claiming JobKeeper, et cetera, and starting to get back into you know, their business as usual or trying to get back into their business as usual. So there is a lot happening. A lot of businesses opened up recently. So um, there's been obviously some um, some easing of the restrictions announced. So things like, um, you know, gyms have been out open, our, our little favourite local gym mates back open. I've yeah. been doing the boot camps on the mornings. Oh, have you? Yep. So they're, well. sort of, they're running two lots of 10 people but outside. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so they can get 20 through but, yeah, in two different parts of their outside area. So, yeah, that those sort of restrictions mean that people can get back to some normality, I suppose. And then things like um, cafes, beauty, you know, hairdressers, that sort of thing that some had shut and some were forced to shut. Even, um, you know, tattoo artists, people like that can get back open on the 1st of June. So coming up next week is going to be a big week for a lot of businesses getting back on deck. No, that's right. And even, you know, uh, a few of the school kids getting back to school now. So yes. just notice traffic's a bit busier in the morning and, yep. and and in the afternoon. So, yeah, no, it's sort of good to see there's a bit more activity now and starting to flow through for the businesses as well. I think um, so. We had year twelve in Victoria. Anyway, we had year twelves and um, preps and ones. I think going back this week, and then uh, on the 9th of June, I think it's a Monday. Uh, that's when the, everyone else will go back. So um, it, it just has a flow-on effect to everything. Like we're, we're about to do a, a, a video and, a, and some photos for a primary school, and it's all been put off till the 9th of June because that's when the kids are going to be back. Yeah, and I want the kids right. in the photos. So yeah. it's sort of a lot of stuff gets pushed back until some normality starts again. I suppose. Yeah, and I know like quite a few of our team members are still working from home and. Uh, teaching their children so there's certainly a countdown for when they're getting back to school and uh, they've done an awesome job though like you know they've been working virtually full-time as well as um, teaching the kids so yeah it's starting to I think everyone will be ready for a bit, oh, yeah, something right. like a break yeah, or uh, yeah. maybe a weekend away yeah. or like I notice a lot of the accommodation places are advertising now like yeah get, get away have a weekend away even have a night away somewhere might actually just be good for your family just to nip out and go and do something and stay somewhere for the night. So, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. the school holidays will be late June, early July, won't they? Yeah, so, they're coming up. Yeah, there's a bit of pressure on the Queensland government to open up the borders just so <laughs> us southerners can uh, get up, up get there and get some a bit sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, get some sunshine. So I reckon um, in the past I've even gone to Echuca, you know, Moama, that sort of – even just to get out of the cold, you know. But, yeah, I think that's good. And, look, it is a bit of a pat on the back to all the Mulcane Co staff um, because, yeah, some of them have done an awesome job in this yeah. time, with especially those guys at home with kids and primary school age kids. That's, yeah, they're that's the, right. They're the real yeah. tough ones. I've yeah. got a couple that are in secondary, so they're kind of looking after themselves in a way, you know, with the schools being really good. But those primary school age kids, that would just be a nightmare. Yeah, no, it's pretty much hands-on, so – yeah, no, they've done a fantastic the job. Yep, fantastic. Um, talking to a, a business actually on the way in today, Chris, at the local bike shop, said he's never, ever been as busy as he has been the last three months. Yeah, he it's just amazing, said, isn't it? The amount of people coming in, haven't ridden their bike in three years, you know, they're getting the bike serviced or yep. they're buying a brand new bike because they're out and about doing stuff because the coronavirus has meant that they can't go and do stuff on the weekends as much. So isn't it funny, like some businesses are just affected the other way, yeah, the complete that's right. other way. And particularly bike shops, like they've probably do do it pretty tough at times and they've 
have been affected by the online trading to a certain extent. Yep. So it, it has been great to sort of see those local businesses being able to weather the storm and actually, yeah, do uh, better during this period. So, and, and uh, particularly this time of year, look, they always have a pretty busy period around, you know, Christmas Coming probably. into Christmas for presents and gifts. But to, yeah. Um, yeah, to sort of see how much demand there's been. Coming late. into winter. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And it's not really a tax deductible item at Buy Chris, so you can't really kind of get, you know, rush in there and get it before June 30, uh, can no, you? No, that's right, Gav. But um, I did make a comment to my son that maybe uh, we've got a few bikes just sitting around at home. You've got chance to probably put them on Gumtree or something. Yeah, get them up online. Yeah, that's right, get rid of them. I've had a bit of success with Facebook Marketplace, straight on Facebook. It's a real localised version of Gumtree. So, yeah, get him on the the Facebook. Yeah, we'll try that one. Um, We've got a couple of new – well, actually, we've got a couple of new segments this week we thought we'd introduce. Um, We're going to have a a new segment called Win of the Week. Thought we might just share a positive story, something coming out of the business here at Mulcanco just to – let people know um, the different sort of things happening and um, maybe might be a win that a, that a client's had or a staff member's had or, a, or whatever. Uh, and then the second one is the 22 things that we've learned in 22 years of business here at Mulcane Co. Yeah, I'll, we were talking about this and, um, and the reason that the 22-year thing prompted, prompted us was someone asked me recently that didn't know of us but had been listening to the podcast somehow, um, said, oh, you guys just knew. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, actually. <laughs> well, we're new to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've actually been in business 22 years. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just thought it'd be just interesting. And then you start thinking back over the journey, um, what's happened. You know, there's always a few challenges here and there, but there's certainly a lot of good times as well. So we thought that we'd just ask around the team um, and just sort of work through, you know, those 22 years we've been in business. What are the 22 things we've learned? So, got to have learned something. We've yeah, got to have learned something right. in that time. That's, that's right. a long time, Yeah, isn't it? because, you know, the majority of us have probably, you know, we started off as an accounting business, but then there's been other businesses join us along the way. So some way, shall I perform, we've all learned a little bit along the way. And, um, yeah, it'd be just interesting to sort of see what we come up with. Great. Which, which means, Gav, we've got to do another 22 podcasts. Yes. No, we're only up to nine, so that'll get us to 31. Oh. Well, I was listening to one the other day, a sports one. He said, uh, welcome to episode 375 of the whatever podcast. I said, jeepers, he's been going a lot longer than yeah, we have. Yeah, no, that's right. No, one podcast I listen to weekly, um, Small Business Big Marketing. Yep. He just ticked over his 500th. Really? Yeah. It's a lot yep. of episodes, isn't yeah, it? And that's an Aussie one too, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Yep, yeah. yep. Fantastic. Check him out on to. your podcast stream. So there are a couple of things we're going to get to in a moment. Um this, today we're also going to go through the final six steps of our 10 steps to what makes a great business or what makes a business great. Um, we're going to finish that off from what we did last week, some really good info in there. Um, but I'm going to throw to Chris just to give us a bit of an update on what's happening in finances currently. Yeah, so just continuing on with our previous weeks and just around the stimulus packages and so forth, um, JobKeeper continues to flow on. So there's still businesses that mightn't have been entitled in a previous month we're still checking the eligibility for that. So that's an ongoing thing. Um, and there's, there is a bit of a cut-off date being the 31st of May to enrol for the previous month. So that's very important to check your numbers just to make sure that you may uh, be entitled to that. So we're Does working that mean you've that. got to kind of do some financials or some reporting right on the last couple of days of the month? Because pretty, you have to much. sort of have it in for that month yeah, by that's the end right. of that month, don't you? But I think the key thing is to enrol so that at least then – you're if in you are system. eligible, you're in the system. So, yeah. yeah, so we're working through that now. But, um, yeah, because there have been those businesses that probably weren't affected initially, but they are feeling that now. So we're encouraging 
businesses to look at the figures and work through the process because if we can tap into the job keeper, it's obviously very beneficial. And whilst, you know, cash flow or profitability might be still okay, um, we're really thinking to the future and, you know, when things do tighten up, as we expect as the economy sort of heads down that recession path, which we're expecting it to do, that we've tapped into this government money to assist us through that period. So it mightn't be something that you need right now, but if we can tap into it and get it for later on, that's probably what we're aiming to achieve. And uh, nothing did anything happen about that that sort of uh, rumour that was going around that, that it might not be running right through to end of September? Well, I think or that not, or has that been, been nipped in the bud? Yeah, nipped in the bud, mainly due to the news this week that or over the last week or so that uh, they've overestimated by $60 billion. I did read that, yeah. Yeah, so which was an interesting one because it was almost as if to me, it sort of was almost a good thing. They thought they were going to spend 130. I read it as a positive article. <laughs> 70, but it's just been interesting, the media and I guess the other side the of politics. Yeah, yeah. Too been, much spin going been on. Been trying to say that they're out of control and got no idea what's going on. But, you know, I think it was one of those um, recording errors and it was just the way that the, the form was filled in. Yep. That some employers were – they put the $1,500 figure in instead of the number of employees. So if you had one employee – they thought, or well, they put the fifteen hundred dollar figure in. Yep. And then for the fortnightly payment. Yeah. That's right. Which has been picked up as fifteen hundred employees. So, yes. which look, I think it's a positive in that you know, um, you know, the government won't spend as much money, so we don't go into as much debt. But I think now they've got a bit more money to play with. Too. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it means that there's some other things coming for specific. Uh, industries maybe or yep. something like that that they might yeah introduce or we might get to September and that enables them to probably extend it through a bit longer yeah um, maybe another month or two but probably there's quite a few businesses that haven't actually applied yet either so I know within our client base um, as I just mentioned before there's those businesses that are just starting to feel it now so we're enrolling those so I'm just not sure how those figures were really calculated because yep. I would imagine there's still quite a few businesses that will tap into that. So that was an interesting one. Um, so, yeah, apart from that, look, tax planning is probably a priority now. We've, yeah, as, as we sort of deal with... Got about a month to go to get all that yep, sort of... Yeah, the end of June. So, and obviously with the stimulus package as well, with the depreciation write-offs, um, you know, the instant asset write-off increased to 150, plus the other depreciation, accelerated depreciation write-offs as well. So that's becoming more and more a topic of conversation as we work through this tax planning phase, So, which is good. Um, yeah, so there's a lot happening. Just with that instant asset write-off too, um, it got increased early April, I think, from that 30000 to the one fifty. Yep. Now, there's something with that, I guess it's got to be installed ready for use to be able to claim it. Right. So, but where it can be interesting is that there might have been a situation where a business or a farmer, they ordered something, say back in January... But they didn't, and they might have paid a deposit, or they might may have even paid for most of it. But it hasn't actually arrived till April, which is quite normal for some businesses because some things like early order programs for tractors and whatever. Exactly. Sometimes you've got to order stuff months ahead because they don't have actually have them sitting on the shelf. You know, you've got to get one built specifically yeah. for you or whatever, yep. and it's built to order. Yep, that's right. So we're seeing a lot of paperwork that's dated, say back in January, February, or March, but then they haven't actually received the item till these new rules came into play. So um, it is in the legislation that it says that it's got to be installed ready for use before you can claim it. So just be mindful 
that um, even though you purchase something prior to the date of when these new rules came in, you may still be able to claim them based on those new rules. So yeah. maybe get some advice on it. Yeah, that's right. It? That's yeah. right. So no, we're seeing each, quite a bit of that. Each each sort of situation will be a bit different, won't it? Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, so that's yeah. That's probably a wrap up that Queensland grant that you mentioned last week, Gav. That sold out pretty quickly. Yes. It all wrapped up by the Friday. Yes, yeah. So I know Jody, our director up in Queensland office, Sunshine Coast. Um, hello to Jody. She's a avid listener, as all of our staff are. But um, no, Jody just mentioned, look, you know, we actually presented out on our socials and did an email out because it really was something that she thought would go down that road. Um, and it has, yeah, yeah. it's sort of uh, completely sold out, I suppose, yeah. from that point of view. So no, look, um, the Victorian one uh, has also wrapped up. I think it was wrapping up. It's oh, no, wrapping up tomorrow. A couple of days' time, yeah, yeah or tomorrow. Yep. So, yeah, so it's sort of, um, yeah, those things. And, and you never know, they might, the states may introduce something else, you know, down the track as well. So if you've missed out there or you haven't been affected yet, as you said, with JobKeeper and these other things are happening like um, financial benefits or uh, grants, you may not be too far away. Yeah, so just further to, I guess, the changes during the week with the stimulus packages, I guess everyone's heard now we've got job seeker, job keeper and now job maker. So that's the next phase of the government, I suppose, just trying to get the economy back into gear and make sure that people have got jobs. And job maker, is that the kind of talking about the government um, build packages and builds that, that, that are going to start happening? Is yeah, I think so. Is and that I, what they've categorised job maker as? And I think, I guess, underlying all that is getting the, I guess, the employers or businesses and the unions and the employees sitting down together to sort of work through yep. how this can uh, work moving forward yep. is probably the key thing. So Maybe it's, a, it's one of those potential positives coming out of this whole situation that you might actually, for things like, you know, as you said, the governments, the employees and the unions all sitting down and getting something sorted might be a positive. Maybe that's the way we're going to work from now on. Yeah, and it's sort of that reference back to the Hawke and Keating days where they introduced the, um, what was it called, the Accord? Between unions and uh, businesses. So, yep. yeah, I think they're sort of trying to get back to that where there's a degree of, um, you know, we're going to cooperate with each other yeah, and try yeah, and yep. do the best thing for – because if there's no business, there's no employees and if there's no employees, there's no business, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, so exactly. It's a if everyone works together, um, I think that's what they're aiming to achieve. Great. So there's lots of uh, new words and acronyms. I listened to a podcast the other day saying um, all these new words have come into the vernacular over the last eight or nine weeks. There's another one, job maker. I think pivot's still the best. Pivot's have. good. Pivoting. Pivot's good. We're all going to be pivoting. ISO, pivot. You know, there's all these different ones coming yeah. in. So Rona, you know, is, a, is a, apparently it's an Aussie thing to shorten everything. So Just, just one last thing on tax planning too. And, yeah, look, it may not be applicable to a lot of clients given the circumstances that they face themselves in, but just with superannuation contributions, um, just make sure you're sort of getting them paid by around the 20th of June, as in your own personal that you're going to claim a tax deduction for. We just know that as we get towards the end of June, it all gets very frantic and busy. If you're paying by BPAY, that can take you know sometimes up to four, five, six days to clear. So, and for from a tax perspective, it has to hit the bank account. It has to hit the fund, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, like an email came around from our financial planning guys, didn't it, yeah. during the week, saying yep. that each fund has actually got their own cutoff date. Some yep. of them are the 21st of June, some of them are 24th of June. Yep. So it really is that 20th of June is when yeah. you really have to have yep. that decision made and the, yep. and the money paid right. to c- contribute to your super. No, that's great. Nice little wrap-up there, Chris. Thanks for that. Um, uh, as I said, today we're going to have a um, – go through our steps five to ten of 
our um, What Makes a Business Great flyer. Now, as requested last week, this was uploaded to the podcast page on the Mulcahy website, so hopefully some listeners have downloaded that for a little bit of um, – little bit of homework but um yeah we got through uh steps one to four last week so we're gonna throw to chris to take us through some of the steps um of five through to ten of what makes a business great thanks gab now i assume everyone's probably gone to the website and printed this off by now so in, we don't need to go through the in first, their thousands sorry. Yeah, that's right. yeah. so, so we don't need to go through the first four and just uh highlight those again but number five um which is always an interesting one and when you do talk about this they ask what the hell are you talking about but a bottom-up budget Gav, how would you describe a bottom-up budget? Well, I think, not being a financial person, but I think that means look at all your costs and everything and start with those and then work to your profit at the end. Is yep, that right? Very close. But really what it means is start with the profit you want and then oh, work backwards. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So Different way of looking at it. Yep, that's right. So you start with the profit that you want or you need because your profit, when you think about it from a business perspective, your, your profit has to do a lot of things. It has to make loan repayments, for example. It needs to um, pay personal drawings, you know, school fees, all those types of things. So work out what profit you need or want um, and then work backwards to see how that can be achievable. So what that means is you sort of say, look, I, I want a profit of X. I understand what my overhead costs are, you know, your rent, those types of things. And you then need to have an understanding of your margin. So by doing a bit of a calculation working backwards like that you can then see what your turnover or sales needs to be okay so and then if that looks a bit out of whack or doesn't look right well you can play around with your margins to get that desired result so it's an interesting one to look at and even putting your actual figures in first to sort of see how it looks and then manipulating those to get to where you want to get to i can assume it's a good planning um tool you know because a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, let's say hourly rates for service businesses, you know, like a plumber or whoever, you know, or even us here at Molkanko. So, you know, you might think, oh, I've always charged that per hour. Well, it actually might be time to go back and re-look at your hourly rate, you know, and if it's all in a spreadsheet and it's all going to work itself out, you can make those changes and have a look at the results pretty quick. Yep, that's right. And it's also that way of manipulating or looking at what you're currently doing because particularly when you're talking to tradesmen or tradespeople, I should say, um, They'll say, oh, look, I charge out at, just using an example, $80 an hour. So you can sort of work backwards and say, well, based on your figures, take out the material component, um, yeah, how much did you actually charge or how many hours? And it, it sort of, it, it's, it, it's a very interesting calculation to do to sort of get to the result that they think they've achieved but they haven't. So yes. I think this is just a really quick way of just looking at your numbers, getting a very broad idea of where you're at and where you want to get to and then you can start really breaking down the certain areas like is that profit really achievable and my cost too high is that turnover achievable or not and my margins wrong like you know your margin really drive everything because you can have a really high sales figure which well, and turnover turnover yeah. which looks great but what happens below that so mm. it's just a really good way to get an understanding of your business and it's something that we work through just to really get the business owner thinking, thinking about, well, yeah, maybe I could achieve that if I change this, this and this. So It's probably the bit that a lot of business owners, and we're probably guilty of this too, Chris, sometimes is that you're not really focusing on reflection too much as a business owner. You're in the business, you're out there peddling and you're working hard. That plumber we're talking about, he or she's out in the van and they're doing work and they're, they're 
busy all day long, all week long, all month long, but do they ever actually reflect on some of those numbers and sort of plan for the future? That's right. Now, number six, master the four pillars of business. Do we know what they are? Well, that's a very good starting point, isn't it? So, Gav, do you want to have a crack at it? Well, they're on the flyer. So, because I did the homework, (laughs) the first one is people. Yes. So, as we say on the flyer, arguably your most important asset, which I'd say it is the most important asset to any business. And, yeah, look, if you um, have the right people in the right places and they're involved in your business, that's how you're going to succeed in what you want to do. So... Um, it's like a team, you've got to come together, um, you're trying to achieve something. So it's around that communication and, yeah, just making sure that, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're all on board and, you know, you hear the sort of comments like, you know, the right people on the bus sitting in the right seats and all those types of things. But realistically, it's just having that culture where the people are involved, they understand why you're doing what you're doing. Actually so, want to see success for the business. That's right, that's yeah. right. And they're involved in it and they do feel part of it. So it's just creating that. We've probably all seen that, Chris, with a few clients over the years where sometimes they've got the right people, just not in the right jobs. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you just do a bit of a reshuffle and all of a sudden things start working out really well. So sometimes it can be the, the role that they're into. Yeah, and I think that's where as business owners too, um, we don't learn at university or anywhere else how to – manage people no they're sort of thrown into this and i think we commented on it last week where we we're sort of saying look we normally go into business because we're good at something or we think we're good at something then all of a sudden we've had a bit of success we're employing people and all of a sudden we're sort of managers yeah. like we're not actually doing what and, we want and people did. managers which is the hardest that's right that's probably. right so i think that's where we can all do a lot more training and learn a lot um and it sort of gets back to those um other points that we talked about last week particularly around your mission and core values so being very clear on what you're aiming to achieve and then getting the team on board so they can understand what you're aiming to achieve and how they're part of it and further to that just making sure that they're also contributing but also getting reward out of that as well and that was that why that you spoke about last week that's right exactly to believe in the why for the business now the next one is processes So processes, systems and processes, yeah. So that can be um, obviously a very important part of the business. So as we say on the fly there, it's really just so things happen. You know, it's it's not the business owner that's going to be looking over the shoulder of employees, making sure they're doing the right thing. You know, there's systems to follow so that things can get done. And really at the end of the day, that's the definition of a business. Like we come across clients that buy into franchise and things like that. And what they're really doing is buying into something that works. The franchise owner has gone to the trouble of systemising absolutely everything so that whoever's buying that franchise buys buys the system and obviously there's a product or a service involved in that that works. Yep. Um, so, And that's why franchises have become very popular over the last you know, 10, 20 years in Australia for that exact reason. Yeah, that, you've got yep. people that want to have a crack at something and run their own business but they don't have all that knowledge in the background so they actually buy it in as part of the franchise. Yep, that's exactly right and that's why they're, they're worth a lot of money too if they're successful franchises because it's the systems and processes take away the risk associated with, or a certain amount of risk associated with the business because there's certainty with how you're going about doing what you're doing. So um, look, we've got quite a few clients that own Baker's Delight franchises and, yeah, look, 
there's a, there's a set way of doing everything. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right down to staff yep. or how to cook the bread right through to training the sales staff. That's at the right. Front, cleaning things down the right way, all that sort of stuff. And then from a customer's perspective, there's no surprises either. Like, you know, the bread tastes the same and um, – yeah, It's probably so why those franchises are worth something when they go to sell them, whereas the bakery next door who's currently owned, you know, just it might not be worth anything one day when they want to sell it, whereas the franchise is. Yeah, and, and, I, and I guess that whole underlying principle with a franchise or most franchises, if this is the way that they're developed, is that they're creating a business. So at some point in time, there's not as much pressure on the owner to actually be in there day in, day out doing the work. So I guess as business owners, if we can sort of think about our business that way and work out the ways that we can systemise most things, um, that enables us to also develop that business that's got more value. Yep, as at well. the end of the day. Yep. So, and obviously, uh, third one there, customers or clients. So, um, yeah, look, with, with our customers or clients, you don't have a business, do you? So, um, that's obviously a very important part of anything that we do. So, we've got to look after our customers and clients, be always doing the right thing. And your referrals from them will be your best source of business. Absolutely. We often get asked, Chris being in the marketing department here and for my own private clients and they always sort of say, but, you know, what is the best way to market? And it still is word of mouth. That is the best yep. way. So yep. what you do in your business every day, um, if you can get your customers to refer to their friends and family, that's your best way to market your business. Um, but obviously even having your, your, your customers and increasing, say, the amount of customers you have, which is what the marketing's about – um, that comes back to your systems and processes too. There's been a lot of uh, – I'll give you a heap of examples over the years where we do a big ad campaign for a client. They get all this inquiry, um, great, but then they're not following up in the right way or they're not getting quotes out fast enough or whatever or they're not responding to that well enough. They're not ready to take that inquiry. So um, that's where some of your systems and processes comes into your you know, customers yeah. and clients as well. Yeah, because that can be your biggest risk with marketing sometimes, can't it? It might work. Yeah, it might actually work and it turns <laughs> oh. into a heap of, you know, inquiry and then you yeah, can't – what do right. you do with it? That's know? right. So obviously all of this stuff has got to work together. It, it's sort of you can't just have one thing going really well and not the other. So it's important to sort of be across all of this. Um, and then your financials. Um, yeah, so having your financials in order, making sure you're on top of it, just like that what we're talking about, the bottom-up budget and in, in this day and age with the – Cloud accounting solutions, there's no excuse not to have you know, your finger on the pulse with, with uh, the numbers. So, um, yeah, so if you don't have your financials or, you know, you're not achieving the financial result that you need, well, you know, your business is going to battle, isn't it? So Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so from a cash flow and profit perspective. Some of those reports that you can get out of the cloud software now, it's just, they're just amazingly fast and easy to get access yeah, to. that's you right. Know, Very a profit and loss or a balance sheet. Yeah. Timely information. And... It's interesting at this time of year because we're talking about tax planning. So we're looking at profits and taxable incomes and trying to push them down using tax planning strategies. But from a business management perspective, I guess you're trying to show how healthy and how profitable the business is. So just looking at your tax information each year isn't telling you the true story of your business. So it's very important that, yeah, look, we do all this accounting and taxation stuff for a purpose, to lodge your tax return and minimise tax. But that isn't really your management information. 
to use to make decision making associated with your business. So it comes back to what Rachel mentioned from the Agri Solutions team. You know, she sort of said the same thing, didn't she, about making sure that you've got all your your cash flow and your other you know reports in order, not just your tax information for the bank. Yeah, that's know, right. Because banks don't want to see that. But you know, if you develop that story around your business and how profitable and well it's going you're more likely to get a better rate once you go to the bank. Exactly. So number seven, um, take time out to work on the business. Now, this is where most business operators probably don't really do this. Um, yeah, it's probably struggle, whether it's just time um, yep. or they don't really know how to go about it or, if, or they're in business themselves. So what do they do? Like go and have a chat amongst themselves? Or Yeah, so it's very – it's a, a thing just to take yourself away from your business and – Set a bit of a plan and normally – and I and I know we've been talking in this downtime with the coronavirus that maybe people have had a bit more time on their hands but they've probably been more worried about what the future is going to be. But I think it is that time and even with a situation like this is to really draw that line in the sand and sort of say, look, this is where we're at, this is where we want to get to and let's get a bit of a plan in place to achieve that. So taking that time out – and I know we do it now, which we've done it for quite a while but – Normally late July, early August, um, we go away as a as a group and sort of plan that year ahead. So, and, and sometimes it's a matter of physically getting out of your workplace. That's what we do here. You know, yep. we physically get out for a night and we'll have a two day thing and just you know plan the next year and review what happened in the year before. Sometimes it's a matter of taking that one or two days away from your business to really have a good think about you know what's happened in the past, what can happen in the next twelve months, twenty four months. Yeah, and I think it's just important for one of those things just to really lock in and try and do. And, look, you don't have to go overboard either. Like, you don't have to get to the end of it and think you've got to produce a business plan or some amazing document. It might just be a couple of dot points. Time to reflect. Yeah, time yeah. to reflect, saying, look, you know, what what's what's working well and what isn't? Where do we need to improve things? So it might be as simple as that, just coming up with a, with a list. Now, if you don't have any partners in business or um, – you know, you're a sole trader or but you've got some key employees maybe or um, even other businesses that you work closely with um, or in the same industry. There's nothing wrong with actually trying to even communicate with them and share ideas and so forth. So Imagine, let's say, that that trade example we spoke about earlier, the plumber, will, he, he or she may work really closely with a couple of key builders who then sort of feed them the work, the plumbing. So might, it might be a matter of saying to one of them, you know, look, can we – we get a half day out and let's just spend the half day together and talk about each other's businesses. We might be able to bounce a few ideas around. Yep. Um, and look, the next one, uh, step eight, is probably leads on from that as well, is implement a business strategy to move from current to desired results. So that really just gets back to having that time out of the business, work out where you're at and where you want to get to. And obviously then there's a gap in between. How do you bridge that gap? So, um, and look, with business, we're going to face a few headwinds from time to time, which we're going through now, but it's just really focused on where you're trying to get to and whether that's a three-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan. It's just really making it, I guess, front and centre in your mind. And then that's feeding it back to your employees or team as well that, you know, this is why we do what we do. So all of this information sort of links together if you can sort of see that starting to happen. Um, and just nine, we've got the business succession plan. So just making sure you've got those things in order. If something went wrong, um, what does happen to the business? So you know, there might be a succession document. Succession document. There might be um, insurances, like for, 
uh, key people, all those types of things. So we're talking here, Chris, succession planning. We're talking about either a a, a death or a an illness, something happens to a key business owner or a key person in the business, yeah. um, or or it's actually planned. You know, someone might be coming up for retirement. Yeah, and they that's want to right. Get out of the exactly. business, whether it's a family business or a non-family business, but. So that's really what we're talking about, talking about that succession planning. Yeah, so on the fly we mentioned voluntary and involuntary. So that's exactly what you were just mentioning, Gav. So, yeah, sometimes we can plan for these things to happen but sometimes we can't. So it's just making sure that the business, you know, doesn't matter what happens, you know, we've sort of got things in place to make sure that it can carry on. And I suppose if you're a business owner and, you, and you're cooking along really, really well but your business has got some debt, you know, because uh, proper debt, you know, stuff that you're happy to have, you're happy to have the debt because it's helping your business, just think about if I couldn't work tomorrow, what happens to all that debt? What sort of pressure does that put my yeah. family under, my friends or my business partners or whatever? So if you start to think about that stuff, you start thinking pretty quickly about things like income protection insurance, trauma, yep. um, you know, all that sort of stuff to make sure that, you know, other people in your life are covered if something happened. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So and the last one, make work enjoyable. So we spend a large chunk of our life at work. This so, is a good one. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's... <laughs> It's important that we can try and make it so it's that environment where people want to come to and, um, yeah, so because, yeah, we do, I guess that's where we spend a a lot of our life and I guess we work closely with people and it's just trying to create that culture and and environment that, yeah, people want to come to, which, which can be a bit of a challenge. There's always that fine line between, look, we're a business, we're here to do work but does that other side sort of say, well, we know that the way that people perform their best is if, the, if, is if they enjoy what they're doing. Enjoyment and, and happy. And I think that um, there was a famous saying, I can't remember who said it now, but it's about if you find something in life that you like doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, so the idea yep. is to hopefully you, you, know, you found what you, what you actually enjoy doing um, and then just do it day in, day out, and you're quite happy doing it, you know. Yeah, and, um, and look, it really gets back to driving that purpose too. You know, if, if, if individuals find that they're achieving something that's as a purpose and they can see the outcome, I guess that just gets back to our, the FS360 process that, as we touched on last week, that everyone here knows at the end of the day that we're just trying to help our clients achieve and maintain that fi- financial security. So every person in our business or our team really have a, a part to play in that. And it sort of underestimated that enjoyment at work. I was listening to a, a podcast that Commerce Ballarat put on this week, actually, um, our local chamber of commerce, and um, they had a guest speaker in, and that was her number one point was try and have some fun. Day-to-day, you know, whether that's, look, every job's going to have its challenges. Some days you get home and you do that was a bugger of a day at work. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you could try and have some fun with whatever you do, and look, that could be down to, you know, we have our casual Fridays here, whatever, or it could be a social function once everything's back open and going, but just to try and keep team morale up if you're a business owner and you've got some staff and you think, gee, they've had a real hard run of it during this coronavirus, you know, what can you what can you do to lift their spirits or to make it a positive workplace going forward? That's great. So that's our 10, 10 steps to what makes a great business. Um as I said, downloadable as a two-page flyer from our website, FS360 page on the molk.com.au website. So that was great, Chris. Thanks for taking us through some of those. No worries, Gav. Uh, look, if anyone's got any questions, yell out. Um, and obviously they might have some ideas too that we can add to it. 
the podcast goes up on all our socials, of course, which is Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. So if anyone's got any questions or wants to, you know, a particular topic you want us to talk about, um, yeah, by all means, just um, send us a message on or, or comment on one of our podcast posts on those social media um, platforms and we can go from there. So we're going to move on to our two new sections, two new segments of the of. Uh, first of all, we've got um, our win of the week, and I'm going to take this one over this week, Chris. I got a pat on the back this week. Oh, look, doesn't happen you, very often. Uh, look, don't like <laughs> you're, you're getting pats on the back all the time. Got a pat on the back. It's uh, as as I said. It's funny. With uh, sometimes in business you can reflect on the things that are negative. So sometimes if something goes wrong, you hear about it and you worry about it. But sometimes you get a pat on the back, which people don't always do. They sort of think, oh, well, they just expect everything's going to go beautifully. But we had a local manufacturing client. So manufacturing in Australia is potentially going to go through a bit of a you know resurgence maybe um, after all this happens with China and whatever. But they had had a website up for about six years. Website's quite old, quite out of date, uh, wasn't, wasn't really performing very well in Google search, all those sort of things. Um, so we've undertaken a new website for them. It's been up for about a month. So I got a call this week from the business owner just to say, huge thank you because their inquiry coming from the website for the new um, gear that they make and manufacture um, has gone through the roof. Um, so we've done some tests on how it used to perform uh, on Google search, how it performs now. So it's it's improved um, out of sight and it's actually turning into inquiry for them about their product that they manufacture. That's fantastic, so isn't it? That's the, that's the key to any sort of marketing, I suppose. You don't want a website to sit there log an encyclopedia up on the web uh, about your business that no one ever looks at. You want it to be an interactive thing that actually turns into inquiry into your business. So yeah, that's great. that was a little win of the week. Um, for a pat on the back for Gav, so that I might not do that again. Well, but, you know, I thought I'd do it for the first call week. This Gav segment, yes, like, why reckon, not? Yeah, look, I reckon you'll fill it up. More <laughs> I don't get a pat on the back every <laughs> week, though. <laughs> That's the thing. So, just with that though, Gav. So, to do that, then did you come across keywords that related to their industry? Yeah. And, and so, that, absolutely. So they they've had the content on their current website. We went through that, and there were some changes because they changed products a bit. Some of the products on the website they no longer did. It was six years ago or five years ago. So um, we, we've got access to this um, um, system called Google Trends. So we can actually see how many people in your target area, say a, a town or a city or, a, or a Western, say, Western Victoria or South East Queensland, um, who are looking for these key – how many times has that, those keywords been searched in that area in the last 30 days, 60 days, 12 months? So the Google Trends really helps us put – uh, reword the wording that's on the website um, and putting in some of those most highly ranked and searched keywords. So I think we gave an example a long time ago on this podcast that, um, you know, uh, lending that we call lending here, um, which is your home loan, your business loan, your equipment finance. Um, nobody calls it lending when they're searching Google. <laughs> right. They all call it loans and finance. They're yeah, the two right. biggest words yeah. for Google trends. So that's that's kind of what you end up putting in your website to make sure that your website is appearing. So, yep. look, the old days of Google search used to be put put a 12 keywords in and, and a description at the top of the page, that was it. Yeah. You know? But now yeah. it's it's a lot more about up-to-date content. You get rewarded for having your Google Trends keywords in there, up-to-date content. We, I mean, we always put our articles up online every single week. There's a new article going up on our Mulcahy website So from one of the divisions here. So that content, um, Google likes the online experience to be – um, great for someone. So they want all the experts out there in their industry telling their customers about 
their industry and the uh, valuable rich content. So, um, so there's a few different uh, things that add up to a really good website um, and how it searches. But yeah, the the Google Trends is a really big one. Yeah, yeah, that's the key to it. Because a lot of people in their industry and they don't realise that there's they call it this because they've always called it that because it's their industry. But the people searching for it. The customers, they don't call it that. No, they call it something right. else. So yep, yep. that's the kind of thing that we always look at um, when doing a website. But that was a good good little pat on the back. Yeah, that's but, good. But um, we're going to do a win of the week. So we might encourage our staff because they'd all be listening to this podcast, wouldn't they? Oh, at least, yeah. Once. That's, they'd all yeah. be sort of yeah, listening to it when they go to bed at night just to make sure they're thinking about work for the next day. So surely one of the staff will come to us with a win of the week next week. Yeah, no, look, there's always a few wins. We um, Could be a customer win, though. Could be yeah, a client exactly. win. Could exactly. be a client who's won a big contract or done something yeah. a bit amazing. So, yeah, we'll try and share those stories with you over the coming weeks. Sounds good. So our last segment of the day is 22 things we've learned in 22 years of business at Mulcahy Co. Yeah, look, Gav, it's hard to believe, but yeah, 22 years, it's, it's all been up and running for. So, and when, yeah, that uh, client did make comment or that new client made comment about, um, you know, asking if we were just new. So I thought, no, I've been around for a little bit longer than that. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity just to reflect back on a few things. So, look, there'd be a lot of cliches amongst these 22, no doubt, but... Um, Do you know how a cliche comes about? Yeah. Because it's actually truthful. It's true. That's right. why it becomes a cliche because it actually does work or it means something. So cliche is okay as long as we get something out of it. Right, Gav, number one. Now, are you writing a book on this as well? Yeah, ebook, ebook. Yeah, so I'm right on the ebooks. So yep. tw- 22 years, 22 learnings, we'll call it. Yep. So first one, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. That's good, isn't it? And what are we talking about there? Uh, so what we're really talking about is that you financial just, security. You've just we? got to be in for the long haul. Yep, with whatever you're doing. Yep, and look, there might be a few listeners out there that have ran a marathon or partaken in um, a long activity such as a marathon, and you realise that at times you feel good and everything's going well. At other times you think, "Oh, this is just too hard," and I just want to stop. Yes, but you eventually get to the finish line, I suppose. So I yep. guess the key with it is, and look, we've experienced. A lot of highs and lows, and I think most businesses do. And I guess the current situation is, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of those scenarios where you think, well, crikey, there'd be a lot of businesses out there thinking, shit, is this worth it? Um, so, but I think that's where we're sort of trying to sort of say, look, this is just that bump in the road or that, uh, yeah, bit of a challenge we've got to get through. And I guess that's part of talking through what makes a great business because I think it's that time to reflect it's time to reset and, you know, plan for the future. So I think the old marathon rather than a sprint, we all know that it's, yeah, as I said, there's going to be good times, bad times, but we've just got to keep pushing along and we'll eventually get there. So a couple of good saying or a couple of good sort of points around that is, um, you know, uh, I've heard this, I've probably said this too many times over the years, but there's no free money anywhere. Yeah, there's no free money. So people sort of say, oh, I'm going to do this business, I'm going to do it for 12 months and sell it for a heap of dough. It just kind of never happens. So no. I think you've got to, you know, no, people don't become millionaires overnight or they don't get job satisfaction overnight. Sometimes it does take some time and none of it's free. So a lot of it, you've got to just put in the time and effort on it. And from time to time, you, you will see businesses that reach, you know, through through the media, all of a sudden this business has 
appeared and you think, oh, that's an overnight success. And then yeah. you realise I've actually been in business for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, so the overnight... Just today su- was their day in the sun. Exactly. Yeah. The overnight success that took 20 years sort of A thing. good one uh, is Zoom for that. And everyone, everyone out there in ISO, if you've been working uh, by Zoom meetings, et cetera, if you go and have a bit of a read-up of Zoom's background, they've got software engineers that have been working on this streaming video thing and all the features of it for years and years and years, and all of a sudden... Coronavirus hit and their share price just went bang yeah, because everyone right. started using them and became registered paid users. So it can take an event for something to happen or it's just a culmination of a whole lot of years' work. And that's where the, like, the 10 steps to a great business comes into it too, doesn't yeah. it? That's, that's your marathon, isn't it? Well, it just helps you work through it because I know, you know when you're running those or involved in those long-distance things, there's a, there's a lot of mind games, okay? And the mind is so powerful but if you can – control your mind and I guess that's where having a bit of a plan and a structure of how you're going to go about something, particularly your business, that just helps you get through. So I think that's what we're really trying to talk about and, yeah, as I said, look, in the current circumstances where we're at with the coronavirus and the economy and, you know, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there, it's just really that chance to reflect, sit back and, you know, that win of the week gave that business being a manufacturing business was probably thinking a couple of months ago, what the hell are we going to do? Yep. Where's this all going to end up? And where do we invest some money? Do we do we get a new website or do we put an ad on the radio or do we put an ad on TV or what 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 do we what do we put a salesperson on? What do we do with that? What do we do to get some more inquiry through the door? So um, yeah, and they're all the decisions that you live and die by. But um, yeah, when they come off, you know. Um, can be really, really profitable for your business and satisfying as a business owner. Yep, so that's number one. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's great, Chris. Well, that's kind of going to wrap up our episode. We do have our ongoing segment of our preparing for recession strategies. So we've got our tip eight this week, which I thought we could call, we could uh, categorise into um, your preparing for recession is to make your business great, which is our 10-step process we've been talking about over the last two episodes. So um, the absolute best way to sort of survive a downturn is to make sure that all of your structures are in place properly, which we've categorised into those 10 steps on the on the flyer on the website. So um, what makes your business great um, can, can be our number uh, tip eight for our preparing for the recession coming up. And Gav, just um, something that the listeners might be interested in. There's a fantastic book by I think it was named – Blokes Jim Collins, and it, it's called From Good to Great. And he talks about the greatest sorry, the main enemy of businesses achieving greatness is that they're good, in that the business owner is comfortable, therefore doesn't push any harder. So it's an interesting thing to probably think about. Okay, so they're paying the bills, things yep. are ticking along. Yep. Okay, but they're not actually prepared to take that next step. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So I think sometimes when we have a bit of a shake-up like we're having now with the coronavirus and all those sort of issues, that's that chance to sort of really look at the business. And I know talking to a lot of clients, that's what they're going through now. They're sort of saying, look, yeah, look, it's been pretty shocking what's happened, but there's a few positives coming out of this that we're going to change the way we did things because we were just ticking along, cruising along, and, yeah, we're going to change things now and this is going to force us to change and – Short, medium, long term, it's going to be good for our business. Sometimes the most satisfying thing you can do is change. You know, because if you if you turn up to work and or you you doing your in your normal social life or personal life and you're doing the same thing over and over again, it can get a little bit kind of mundane, a little bit boring. So the change is the bit that sort of gives you a bit of energy and gets you back going again. So 
Um, yeah, so that sort of change coming into a business to make it from good to great. What I'll do is I'll um, I'll put a link to Jim Collins's book yeah. on, the, on yep. the page, on the FS360 page on our website after today's uh, podcast. So we'll make sure there's a link up there for everybody as well, Chris. Good work, Av. Well, that's a wrap. Fair episode nine, um, Thursday the 28th of May. Um, so hope everyone enjoys it and um, thanks for all the listeners for listening. Um, just a side note, Chris, we've hit our 500th listen. For the podcast, so eight episodes. How many have you listened to, Gav? Oh, I've listened to each one once, <laughs> but we've had five hundred listens oh, total on our um, on our SoundCloud where we put the where we put the podcast. So, yeah, there's someone out there listening. So, hopefully, there's a mixture of you know, staff, clients. As I said last week, there's a couple of people that aren't even clients that just just log in and have a listen. So, hopefully, what we're talking about is of value to somebody out there. Um, and yeah, the five hundred odd listens probably is testament to that. Oh, good. Yeah, and we're. Next week will be number 10, so number 10th episode, so that's good. Great and, uh, effort. That's great, Chris. Well, have a good day and uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you.